Mavs play the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden, and pretty much everything went wrong for the Mavericks that could go wrong. Is it just a bad game, or is it a symptom of something bigger the Mavericks still need to address? We'll talk about that on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You're locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go to Prize Picks and download the app right now. Use the promo code NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. And remember, Lockdown Maps is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we're making our way up to 10K. Making our way up there. We're like 800 away. So help us out and go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Joining me, as always, my co host, contributor, writer, at Mavs.com. The New York City Saint, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Um, well, first off, uh, Steph, graphic designer for the Mavs, incredible, incredible uh, poster for today's game. Uh, oh yeah, New York based one. Uh, she's incredible. Um, but Devin Booker, just real quick, how much of a how how much can this dude complain about something? <laughs> this guy. Back in the day, complaints about you know double teams and pickup, all this stuff. We, we double all, team and pickup. We all saw you know the stuff about that. And then, buddy, there are no fans in Toronto, <laughs> and he is literally complaining about a raptor. Like no one in the building. It's like jumping over a stack of dimes. A mascot behind the goal. And anyway, I just saw it again earlier, and I'm I like literally just made a note. I'm like, I just want to complain about Devin Booker complaining and. It's just dumb. It was very dumb. Uh, you know what else is dumb? The way the Mavericks played against the Knicks in this game. Because, yeah. yep. oh boy, 108-85. to 85, The Dallas Mavericks fall to New York Knicks. Their six-game winning streak ends. Um, yeah, it was it was just overall one of the worst offensive nights of basketball I've seen Luka Doncic and the Mavericks play when Luka Doncic has been a Dallas Maverick. When I looked at, um, you know, first off, they had, <laughs> they had 45 points at halftime. And just how that first half was going, the first quarter was going, you're like, is this going to be a long night? You know, because, you know, KP obviously didn't play in this game, um, you know, still out health and safety protocols and that we'll see what, you know, the update is with him moving forward after this. You know, this is how Marquise Chris is still on the team and, you know, played yep. in this game and all of that. Shout out to Marquise Chris going for like the absolute poster dunk at the end of that game, <laughs> whenever it didn't matter at all. But um yeah, I mean that that was just early on. It's like this is going to be a drag of a game. I just thought the defense was going to be a like you could tell early on the offense was just off, but I thought the defense was going to be there to okay, this is going to be like a 92 to, you know, 82 type, you know, win for the Mavs and their defense just wasn't there for it. The defense wasn't there, and some people say, well, the Knicks only scored 108 points. Both these teams play an incredibly slow pace. Jalen Brunson, after the game, said, we played down to the Knicks' pace, which I guess is true because the Mavericks are the 29th-ranked team in the NBA in pace this year, and number 30 is the Knicks. So, yes, I guess sort of the Mavericks played down to their pace, but both these teams just play statement. at a crawl of a pace. Like there, A lot of times in games, you'll get 100 possessions in a game, right? This this game, 
Dallas had 92 possessions and the Knicks had 91 possessions. I mean, that's just, you're just playing like real, like normally each team gets 95 possessions in a game. So mm-hmm. the, even for, even for them, this was a really slow pace for a team. They were just playing a lot of half court, not a lot of getting out in transition, not a lot of fast breaks, nothing like that. And, the, but the Mavericks defense rating was 118.7. So for the people that say, well, they held them to 108. No, they were still efficient in the possessions that they had. The Knicks just didn't have a ton of possessions. So it was just all off to me. And it felt like everything that went right in that six game winning streak, the, the, you know, the rotations, the, you know, the offensive execution, just straight up hitting threes, the Mavericks in this game, eight of 37 from three. Killed them. One of them late was, uh, there was like, there was a couple threes late. So it wasn't even, uh, you know, it's even worse than what it says in the box score. But Everything that the Mavs were doing right just completely went away from him. Isaac, it, it, was this like a symptom of what we've what we saw before the six game winning streak, where everything was just you know, t- you know like everything just was terrible, and we were like, oh, the Mavs need to make all these big changes. Are we just back to that now, or was this just an off game for the Mavs? I, I want to say it's an off game. I mean, I want to see, you know, let's see how many games before you say, hey, that's a habit, you know, type thing. How many times does it have to happen for? You're starting to define them with that. I mean, we did it the exact same thing when it was when it was going good too. It's like, hey, they had a couple of good defensive games. Like, ah, I'm not ready to say that this team's good at defense. Let's see a little bit more. They go on the stretch, and you're like, all right, let's go. Six games. You proved it. You are a good defensive team right now. So I want to see another game or so before I'm like, oh, did they regress back to where they were before? I'm I'm just not there yet. And I mean, even early <laughs> early on this game, I text you. I'm like. It felt like from the opening tip, they were doubling, you know, Julius Randle. Yeah. And I was kind of confused by that, but, you know, they were just daring, you know, the Knicks players to hit their shots at that point. But, and Randle, I mean, to the Mavs credit a little bit, he had three, he had hit three shots in the, in the really early in the first quarter, and he only finished the game six of 17. So he, he only was three of what, like three of 14 or something like that the rest of the game. So it's not like he was the one that was killing them. So maybe some of that, did deter them from going back to Randall a lot, going to that well, or it, it bothered him a little bit. So maybe that did help. Uh, but RJ Barrett was good. Mitchell Robinson in the paint was good. Like everybody else seemed to be hitting shots for them. Yeah. But you know, it goes back to what you said while ago about the three, you know, three point shooting for Dallas. Like if you're going to look at one, one yeah. stat tonight for why Dallas lost his games, because they can't, they couldn't hit it, you know, outside shot. They only had one player on the team tonight. They hit over one, three. So <clears throat> they hit multiple threes and that was Maxi. Who went three of eight from you know from three? I mean, listen to this: Jalen Brunson, one of three; Luca, one of nine; Tim, one of seven; Reggie, one of four. Like, I mean, that's just. I mean, do your Dorian quick. zero for four. Yeah, I mean, Dorian. Like, you take away Maxi's three threes, you take away that Marquise Chris, you know, corner three there, and all of a sudden you're looking at that's four of the threes right there. That's half the threes that were made in the whole game. So <laughs> you just. It's almost impossible to win a game like that, especially when your defense is off too. It just seemed off to me. And I I don't think it is. I don't think it was. I think it was just everything the Mavericks went right. Just they didn't have it. It was like they woke up for the game. Was it because the off night in New York or – some people were saying the Mavs did have an off night in New York, and maybe that maybe they had some fun the night before, and it just completely threw them off their game. And honestly. It looked like they had some they had some fun the night before because they just looked off. It just it just looked like everyone was a step slow. Everybody was and the pace of the game matched their the Mavericks' speed on the perimeter. 
Um, the way that they stuck with RJ was just, I mean, they, they couldn't really. Uh, he was getting separation on everything. He was getting by guys. Randall was getting by guys. I was impressed by RJ. Yeah, he had a good game in this one. 32 points, hit four of his seven threes in this one. Um, but the, one of the numbers that really stands out to me is the starting lineup um, plus minus. The Knicks mm-hmm. starting lineup just – and the Knicks starting lineup has not been that great this season, but they are all like plus 20, plus 22, plus 27 – and so, and then the then the bench for the Knicks was all like, you know, minus six, minus four, ze- you know, plus zero, plus two, and the same for obviously the same for the Mavericks. The, the Mavericks starting lineup was brutal in this game, but the benches were were fine. And so, as long as like Randall and RJ were out of the game, the Mavericks were kind of coming back and and actually like playing even with them. But it was just that starting lineup that did not seem to match up well for the Mavs in this game. Yeah, I mean, you said it right. I mean, you look at the plus minus of this, and it, it tells a lot of this game, but. You know, Brunson only having 14 points in this game. You know, we talk about, you know, scoring distribution, especially when KP's out, you know, your second leading scorer there. Then you you almost have to have another guy step up. And when Brunson has 14 and Tim has 13 and you have three guys in double figures, like you only have three guys in double figures and number two and number three in that has 13 to 14 points like that. You're you're just putting out a recipe right there. This just isn't going to be very good. And. And on top of that, you know, it's not like Luca dropped forty-five in this game either. He had twenty, he had twenty-one points, eleven, you know, eleven rebounds, but he missed eight threes in this game, eight of twenty-three from the field. There were a couple times I thought he was just forcing a little bit. Um, you know, they were making it a point that hey, let's let's get him in the post. You know, we've talked about him in the post so much, especially going back to last year. He was good in the post last year. Numbers are great. That's something you pull out in the playoffs for sure. You pull it out, it's kind of like a card whenever the offense is kind of stalling a little bit. It's like, all right, let's just get Luca in the post. He can hit the right guy. I mean, how many potential assists did Luca have tonight? I feel like he hit so many open. Well, the first first quarter, they missed. So I mean, Dwight missed even an open alley-oop. Dwight yeah. missed to be, to start the game. They missed a bunch of threes to start the game. Maxi finished three of eight, but I think he went like one of seven to start, like or one of six to start the game. So it was it was brutal on that end. They wasted a ton of assists like that. Coming up, let's get into the rest of this game and how the Mavericks uh, fell in this game. The moments that they had to maybe take it back because it wasn't brutal the entire time. The Mavericks crept back into this game a couple times. So let's talk about what went wrong in those spots and then any other notes that we have. And then we have to talk about Jalen Brunson because there's a little Knicks Brunson buzz. Brunson's going to be a free agent this offseason. There's a connection between the Knicks and the Brunson family that we want to talk about uh, and look out for coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. You've been hearing us tell you about prize picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time for a limited time. Prize Packs has an inclusive as a, a prize picks has an inc- exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users, all of our listeners, the Raccoon Squad, the the uh, the Locked On listeners, anywhere you're listening. For a limited time, go get fifty dollars for free. 50 bucks for free. If you're a player and your first prize pick entry scores a single point, you got to use the promo code NBA. It's an exclusive offer available only to you guys listening to this right now who use the promo code NBA. So go check it out. Prize picks. It's daily fantasy made right. You can go use it for the NBA, use it for NFL, use it for college, use it for all kinds of stuff. You can cross, um, put, a bu- put, put a bunch of different plays together. You can do Joe Burrow crossed with Luka Doncic. You can do all kinds of things on Prize Picks. They have more props than any other daily fantasy prop operator out there. Go to prizepicks.com today or download it from the App Store. Use the promo code NBO. Get $50 free if your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made right. 
All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into this game a little bit because I thought that the Mavericks had some chances in this game. They, uh, in the second quarter, it was just a two-point game at that point. And I thought it was because the the bench kind of came back and got a minute. I thought that putting in Josh Green and, Jay, and Reggie Bullock upped the defense a little bit. And the Knicks didn't have any point guards in this game except for Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly coming off the bench was their only point guard. So I thought there was something the Mavs could do in mucking up that space a little bit. Uh, the Knicks ended up just being too good at making tough shots with Randall and RJ. But um, but yeah, I thought that second quarter moment was good. And at halftime, the Mavs were only, well, just about at the end of the third quarter, they're only down by five. And the Knicks went on a little bit of a run. It was 10 point, it was 11 points at halftime. But that's not a ridiculous lead. Uh, it just, the Mavericks just never really picked it up and the threes never fell for the Mavs. Yeah. And then the Knicks just pulled away there in the fourth and it felt like it was just a 20 point, you know, margin there for, for a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at other numbers in this game, it felt like Mitchell Robinson just dominated the paint. You know, he finished the game with, you know, uh, 10 boards. Randall had 12. You look at the rebounding matchup in this game, 54 to 39. You know, you're looking at plus 15 there for Oof. the Knicks when it comes to rebounding. That's huge. And, I mean, that's, you know, when you have Dwight, Maxie, and those guys in there, this is kind of, you almost have to accept that fate that you're going to lose the rebounding battle. Well, and you miss 46 shots and only get five offensive rebounds. I mean, that, that is, that's just absolutely brutal losing to that margin. Yeah. Uh, I do want to throw some blame at Luca, though. I thought that this was a really, really bad game for Luca. We, we mentioned all the potential assists that were missed out. He only had Here five we assists. Here we go. Should've Blaming been, Luca. <laughs> Should have been more, but I didn't think Luca, his shot selection, especially in the third quarter, early in the third yeah. quarter, I, I wrote down, I was like, Luca on the court right now is actually like a detriment to the Mavericks in that stretch. Um, I thought that his shot selection, I thought that he just kept, he, he would walk up the ball and he would just pull up. He's like, just please get hot. Just please like hit the ball. I felt like he was talking to himself and talking to his jumper. Like, just please go in so I can get hot and I can get hot at MSG and then turn the tide in this game. And I I've just, it, it came, it, it pulled away from a lot of the team concepts. The Mavericks have tried to implement over this last stretch here. And, uh, yeah, I thought that if we're going to, you know, credit Luca for all the wins the Mavs get, we should, we should credit him for this loss as well. A little bit. Yeah, for, I'm, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, just where he's at right now, when he gets these ISOs and he gets the switches on Julius Randle and these guys, and he does the step back, like I'm not really expecting it to go in right now. And, you know, you, there's different points in Luca's career when he's at like peak Luca, I'm like sitting there watching it saying, Oh, that's buckets like all day. There's certain moments in this game where I just I felt like he could have taken another extra bump, like another extra nudge into the paint and and taken a different angle closer to the basket, which would have gotten him a better fadeaway. Because er, he started the game four of four from two point range and zero for four from three. And I tweeted that out just thinking, well, he should be just attacking inside because Mitchell Robinson can't guard him in there. Randall can't stick with him in there. Like he, Burks and all them, if they get switched on him, they can't take him in there. And I felt like he settled too much for those, for obviously the the threes, the outside jumpers, but then even a farther away turnaround fade jumper instead of trying to like get give the extra effort to get closer to the basket. That's what I felt like at least in this game. Well, a lot. in a way though, I kind of don't blame him if he's if he's getting to the paint and he's kicking it out and finding wide open dudes and they're missing, like we've obviously not been in that situation before as, as Luca or one of these guys, but it has to <laughs> mess with your head though. Right? Like if you're going to take the bumps 
you know, put the energy to get into the paint, do all these moves and do these ridiculous passes. Like some of these passes tonight, he's doing in the paint over his head backwards, kind of yeah, sideways really off his waist, like all this stuff. I'm like, how are you hitting? How are you even seeing these dudes first? But then you're hitting these guys wide open in the corner at the top of the key. But then they're just bricking them. So it has to mess with your head some of like, all right, you can almost see his body sometimes where like another player misses in the second half. And he takes this like kind of deep breath and he, you know, goes trucking down the court again. It's like, all right, I just did all this banged in the paint to get this open shot. I missed again to where like, I almost don't blame him in a sense of then he's kind of, okay, well now I'm, I got to try to force something because it's that whole trust thing. And how, you know, when do you, do you just keep on trusting, keep on passing, keep on banging down low and hitting these open guys and they're missing or at what point? And I feel like it's probably quicker for a guy like Luca because he is so dang good that he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to try to take this in my own hands. And that's where all the force stuff happens. And that's when when you're not in the best of shape in the world yet. You're not at like peak shape in the world. That's when it's harder to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I just thought with his own shots, not even just passing, like he, he's going for his own shot. If he has somebody, he could have taken another bump and get, get a little closer to the basket. Uh, maybe he didn't have the energy in this one because he had the night off before and he, he went off and uh, – I don't, do I don't think they. I don't think they did anything like that. Not with COVID stuff. Did you? I. I don't think so either. That's why we were kind of joking about that earlier. Did you see any positives in this game? Did anybody stand out to you as like, oh, that was? Pretty I thought good. Theo Pinson's energy off the bench as a hype guy. Theo, yeah. Theo Pinson is great because he's always arguing every call. I'm like, man. Well, he, I guess he's on the team now, so he feels an ownership with the team. But even before he was like officially a two way player for the Mavs, he was just up arguing every call. He was up like pointing everything out on the bench. He was always standing. He feel and he was sitting next to Jared Dudley in this game, and I was just like, oh. He's like the Mavs Dudley a little bit, yeah. right? Like the the energy guy off the bench. He's not as old as Dudley was at the end with the you know the the Lakers and even the Suns, but uh, he felt like that kind of like locker room guy, possibly. No, of course I, I freaking love Theo Pinson. Um, I thought Brunson's game was was pretty good overall. I mean, yeah. His stats were were good: fourteen points, seven boards, six assists. He just needed to be more aggressive. Yes. Brunson needed to to get a little bit more aggressive in this game and. Comes back to the, one of the problems with Brunson is length. He struggles with length. And you have R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle and, and Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. Like a lot of long even guys quickly. on this team. Even quickly is right. Even quickly is long. And if, if he struggles with long guys and when you can't, um, you know, when you, you can't take advantage of the things that he does, I thought he could have been a little bit more aggressive in this game and uh, help the Mavs out a little more. Yeah, I'll keep it there. If we're doing winners for this game, I'll say a, a winner for this game is uh, Rick Brunson. Because I don't think he gets talked about uh, mm. more than when the Mavs play the Knicks, because it's you know it's not to the same level as like Tim Hardaway Senior or like you know Stafford Kershaw or anything like that, but uh, or the Seth Curry Doc Rivers Stafford, Kershaw. but the hey Rick Brunson Knicks tie you know Jay this is his son Jalen and all that. I'm like I feel like I've heard that story about a million times, so. I th- you know how many games Rick Brunson played for the Knicks? I had to look this up because I was thinking. I don't. We, they, always, they always do mention that Rick Brunson played Hold for the on, Knicks. He played three here. seasons, three seasons, 69 games. Nice. <laughs> That's it that he played with. So what, what a connection there. What a connection but, there. Not even like a full season worth of game. But here's but. my thing with this game. There are some games that you watch in a season and you just like, whether you agree with it or not, I just look at it and it's like, I just write it off. I'm like, this is where I'm at with this game. As, hey, d- yeah. they just didn't have it. 
like even some of the best teams in the league, Bucks, Nets, whoever it is, like they'll get beat randomly by 20 by the Kings one night. And you're like, hey, they, they had one. I'm not saying they're the same type of team as that, but it just felt like an off night from the beginning, offense and defense. And I just, yeah, I want to see what they look like in this next game. The Utah Jazz just got beat by the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes games happen. <laughs> sometimes weird games happen. And we'll see. We'll see as the season plays out a little more if this is a weird game or if this was back to where the Mavs were at the beginning of the that, season. Yes. It felt like it felt like a game in October for the Mavs is what it felt like this year. But uh, we'll see about that. All right. Let me just do one more thing before we move on. And that's our five star Apple podcast review question. We're getting a bunch of questions from you guys. Appreciate it. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question. We will answer it, including this one, New York Knicks related. Okay, this is from Rustin. In your mind, does snagging Frankie Smokes make the Porzingis trade a little bit better? It's essentially like the Mavs picked Frank Nilakina in 2017 and didn't have to make him part of the package to get KP because Dennis Smith Jr. was the pick after Frank Nilakina, and so since they sent Dennis with Jr. in the trade, but they got Frank Nilakina, who was the guy drafted above him. So, Isaac, can you follow that logic? And does it does it make the trade a little better now that they have Nilakina? No, that's a negative. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the trade. I've I will always stand by that trade. I thought it was a great trade. It was a great trade in the moment. Yeah. You do the trade a hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> like we all, we could go all day about Dennis and Dallas's future his relationship with the organization, all that stuff. And the contract that they gave Porzingis, all that we can. Talk yeah. About. But like that trade, like that was already a win. So I don't, I don't really need to find another thing out there. Like, ah, does Frank make it? And, and I think that's kind of like a, a pretty far, far uh, stretch there to do the, Hey, well, Frank <laughs> joined, then uh, that makes it better. Just a little bit of a stretch. All right, coming up, let's get into the Jalen Brunson Knicks connection. We'll talk about the rumor that came out and what it means. Was it really a rumor? What's the what's this this what's the Frankie Smokes behind all the the fire with Jalen Brunson and the Knicks? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You can find NBA games. You can find NFL playoff games. There's all kinds of stuff going on all the time. You can bet. What's ooh, that Bengals this game? This one. Thursday. Well, let's see. Let's go back to. Hmm. Bengals have to be favorites. Excellent, excellent podcasting. Bengals five point favorite five? now against the Raiders. So it it was well, five that, and a half, and now me. it's down to five. So they're they're feeling they're feeling the Raiders now a little bit more. Uh, so if you want to bet on the Bengals, you want to bet on the Ravens. Where's the Ravens line? No, it's, it's, I'm gonna hit you with a built bar. You could. Bet on the Cowboys. They're a three-point favorite against the 49ers. Put it all down on betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Anything that you can want to bet on. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. So we've been talking about you know the Knicks and the Mavericks, obviously. The Mavericks played in MSG. Jalen Brunson has some ties to that organization. And Ian Begley came out with a report recently. And I'm not sure this is a report, but it was it was poised as a report on Twitter. And so this is where you can kind of read some of these stories and then see it talked about on Twitter. You have to go back to the actual source of it. This was from Ian Begley. He's obviously, you know, Nick's right, Nick's beat writer and all that kind of stuff. On another note, this is just my opinion, but I won't rule out the possibility of the Knicks pursuing Jalen Brunson until the day Brunson announces his retirement. Brunson is a 2022 
unrestricted free agent. He is young, skilled, lead guard. Brunson has plenty of ties to this Knicks organization. Brunson's father, Rick Brunson, was one of the team's... the team president's first NBA clients, Leon Rose. Leon Rose also represented Jalen Brunson. Rick Brunson, a former Nick, has coached with Knicks coach Tom Thibodeau. So there's all kinds of different connections between Jalen Brunson and the Knicks. Plus, we just mentioned the Knicks didn't play with a point guard tonight because they tried with Kemba Walker and it didn't really work. And they got Emmanuel quickly. and He's just really not ready at this point. Jarek Rose is out. All that kind of stuff with Knicks point guards. What do we think about the connection between Brunson, our Brunson, Jalen Brunson, and the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that rumor started, what? I mean, I feel like the first thing we, we saw was back last year, and I think it was Bagley who reported that. Um, you know, it sounds like this one's more just him speculating, having fun with it type thing. But that this has been a legit rumor in the past, like going back, you know, like a year ago, so that the Knicks were at least monitoring the situation. They were fans of Brunson. This is why I've thrown out the Knicks whenever we, you know, talk about anything with the offseason of Brunson's contract. If there's a team out there that, yep. you know, creates the space, has a space, and says, Jalen Brunson, we think you're really good. We want to make you our starting point guard. We want you you to have the ball in your hands all the time. <clears throat> and if it's in New York for Leon Rose, for a situation like that, Rick Brunson, the story we've talked about, we've always heard, like if like that's the type of situation that I'm scared about, right? Like that's like if they're coming offering around the same as what Dallas is and it's a starting point guard spot and it's the connections and it's New York city and all of that, like that scares me. Like you, you can't tell me if you're a Mavericks fan, they're like, yeah, but him and Luke are friends. Well, that's cool. But that's still (laughs) like, that scares me some, if you plan on keeping JB and Dallas. So yeah, I think, I think they are a team that I'm watching in regards to Brunson, whether it's free agency or if there's something spicy at the deadline that they try to steal Brunson away. The good thing is that this team has $114 million signed up the next do next season. And they also will have to probably play <coughs> pay RJ in that, in that as well. He's going into it this next season with a non-guaranteed. So um, yeah, they've, they've got they've got some things to figure out, some cap stuff. They don't have like cap space to spend yeah. on a guy like Jalen Brunson to come in and just offer this monster thing. So it would have to be some sort of sign and trade or some kind of other mas- machination of the cap for them to get Jalen Brunson. But it is something to monitor. It is pretty interesting. Um, we mentioned Rick Brunson played 69 games for the Knicks in three seasons. Nice. Rick Brunson like bounced around a ton. He played for the Blazers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Rockets, the Celtics the Seattle Supersonics and the Raptors. Mm. He played for so many teams in his career. But even if like you look at the Knicks and let's just say that they are pretty active at the deadline, I'll be really curious on what they try to go after because even like looking at their assets, like, you know, yeah, they got some first, they got the two Dallas first that, you know, in the KP trade that they can use in a deal for. <coughs> no, they already used one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Quentin Grimes. Yeah, yeah they have Grimes. One. Get your shots up, bro. Uh, he did. But, you know, they still got one of those picks. As far as their young pieces, you know, are they really going to give up RJ? They're only going to give up RJ probably, you know, for some star type of player. But I don't know what the Randall situation looks like for them. But outside of that, it's like you're looking at pretty much, you know, expiring contracts next season. Like Derrick Rose has, you know, is basically expiring next season. Alex Burks is basically expiring next season. Like they have these non-guaranteed, you know, numbers on those third third year. Yeah, I thought Nerland's had a couple of blocks tonight were really nice. Um, yeah, I'm just really curious, mm-hmm. like where this team's going. And even if they did call, you know, on 
before the trade deadline, I was like, hey, we want Jalen Brunson. I just don't even know like what realistically that they would have that I would be interested in. I know the the Mitchell Robinson piece, like he would fit in Dallas, but I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm personally not here for a Brunson from Mitch Robinson swap. Like I, I just think Brunson's a better player. I think he means more to Dallas as that secondary creator and and playmaker. Yeah, you start going through it and you're like, well, if the if the Knicks were so interested in Brunson and wanted to trade for him, uh, the top two assets that they have are Randall and RJ Barrett. They're not sending them to to the Mavs for Jalen Brunson. Uh, Rich Robinson and Brunson make just about the same amount of money, so you could sort of try to throw something together. And so then you're like, well, what if they did like a Powell and Brunson for Mitchell Robinson plus like another salary? Okay, well, the other ones are Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Kemba. And that's like the rest of their contracts. Like those are the only players, and none of those interest you enough to try and make a deal if you're the Mavericks. So, yeah, I don't think this is anything that could happen between Brunson and the Knicks until the offseason. And even then, it would be some kind of sign and trade, and who knows where it would go then. Yeah, I'm still keeping my eye on Kimba, though. I'm, I'll be really curious on I know he's out this game, his knee stuff, and all of that, but there's still yeah, that to do what? Well, I'm just saying there's still that <laughs> Dallas connection. Like if, if Dallas swung for like a bigger trade, let's say, before the deadline, they swing for a, a big time trade, and it's like, you know, it, like Ben Simmons, who's who's number one option and number one target is to go to Dallas, according to that random person. You can't I've never say heard that of today. on a pod. Then somebody's gonna like quote you or something. There was there. You can find the tweet. Go find the tweet. Somebody. I love random people that. on Twitter. Um, but no, like let's say Dallas does swing for some like bigger trade and it did require Brunson and a couple of, and they basically cleared up like an offensive spot off the bench for like a vet guard. Cause we know kid likes his vet guards, right? Like we've, we've seen this, but the Brandon Knights and, you know, Trey Burke is on the bench still. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas, they gave him a shot and all this stuff. Like Kimba's still a guy that I'm like keeping tabs on the agent, the past history with Dallas, Dallas being interested in him very, very close to getting him back before the Boston deal and all that stuff. That if it's like, hey, if Dallas really reshake, you know, shakes up the roster and stuff, and then they turn around like right at the buzzer and land Kemba to come off the bench or something, I'm I wouldn't be like shocked by that. And because he is, you know, he makes what eight million dollars this year. I don't know what his spot is in that rotation when he's fully healthy and all that. And I wouldn't mind Kemba coming off the bench for a team for eight million dollars. Yeah, uh, and also if like the Dragic thing still doesn't work out, which it still feels like we're waiting on that, but yeah. if that never turns into anything, then yeah, this is this is that's another direction you could go if you're the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah obviously I wouldn't Kemba. do both of those together, but it is that thing of like, okay, if they do have this like kind of vet guard spot off the bench, they want a veteran point guard. If Dragic doesn't work, oh, what about Kemba? What if what's some other vet point guards out there we could go for? Yep, there you go. That's how the Mavericks lost this game against the the Knicks, we got another game coming up. The Mavericks have now played 41 games. So tomorrow we're going to do a whole breakdown of the Mavs' first 41 games of the season. We are going to uh, break down everything that we've seen so far, what we think is real, what we think is fake. Um, co- go through all the numbers tomorrow. So we'll catch you up on that. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Go check it out. If you want to put money down on betonline.ag, the best place to start is Locked on Bets. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Boom! <laughs> 
Nicholson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.